This is Kate. Thank you so much for becoming a subscriber to our Patreon. This is a special Patreon only edition of Reply Guys. We really enjoy it. And thank you again for subscribing. Hey, everybody. This is Julia. For this week's episode, um, I decided that we are going to run this one that I recorded with my friend, uh, great comedian JP McDade a few weeks ago. It's a it's a silly one. Uh, it's it's not particularly dense. Um, so I, I really hope you like it. Thanks. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. I am so thrilled uh, to be joined by just a, a regular old comedian today. Haven't had one of those on in a long time, and he is one of the best in the goddamn business. He is. Roast master supreme, just king of king of roast jokes. He is so embarrassed that I'm saying this right now. Um, one of the best working standups in New York City, and I say that unequivocally. And I will fight anyone who argues with me, but no one would. Um, and he's also one of my best friends in the goddamn world, JP McDade. Thank you so much. I thought you were going to say, like, I am just so thrilled to have a regular dumbass on this show. Don't know nothing. Yeah. And yep. I'm happy JP to be is here. dumb as hell, I'm, and that's why I'm I wanted to, him to come on. Here to make you look smart, and I think I'm capable of doing that. <laughs> no, JP is also uh, great to talk to, because not only is he very funny, uh, and he's very good at roasting me, but... He also is, uh, you know, he's a lefty himself as well. He loves to he loves to dunk on on the libs, the the dem the dem establishment. So I thought he would be the perfect person to make fun of the news with me today. Um, but also, JP, how are what are you doing right now? You're on your phone, so rude. I kind of checked out. Yeah, I've had about enough. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's- JP is fully on his phone right now. I'm, um, ju- I'm fully listening to you. I'm just looking up something that I was maybe going to reference later. Maybe. Oh, but it my God. Matter. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, we're off to a rousing start. Um, JP, like me, is um, Irish trash from New England. Um, we're very similar in a lot of ways, I think. Do, would you agree with that? Unfortunately, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We have too many similarities, yes, man. We are basically um, siblings and also married, and that's how I describe our relationship to others. New England style. (laughs) We were both born on a gazebo in a quaint little town where that used to be haunted by witches. (laughs) JP is from uh, Connecticut, uh, and... Uh, is currently wearing a, I, I asked him about this before the show, wearing a BlackRock shirt that BlackRock, as you, some of you may know, is the uh, predatory multinational real estate company. Well, this is a classic case of if you know, you know. 
because I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Black Rock. It refers to the neighborhood in Bridgeport that I lived in for like 2019. Uh, but it would be funny if I did procure a Black Rock financial specifically shirt. to come on this show. And specifically to come after the, on the show after the news came out that they're buying up all the available housing stock in the entire country <laughs> and flipping it for a perverse profit. Yeah. Or doing, or just holding it, or just burning down the houses. I don't know what they're doing with them. I don't know I don't what know they're doing either. I don't think invest. they know what they're doing. No, they're just acquiring um, land. You know, just yeah. a little feudalism. Yeah, honestly, wrong. I think sometimes I think of my dad. I talk a lot about my dad on this show because he is. You've met him. He's mm-hmm. uh, well. You didn't. I feel like you didn't get a a really good sense of his. Well, actually, no. That's I got the true. gist. I didn't maybe get the full treatment, but he I got, you literally know, I interrupted a stand-up charm. show to say hi to you um, at the Comedy Cellar, which Look, was... I'm in extremely high demand. People do that to me all the time. Just one wanna... of the most mortifying moments of my <laughs> life, and I still think about it. Like, I'm thinking about it right now, and I haven't thought about it in a while, and I do just want to go sit in the fetal position um, and hold myself. Well, my parents have been a nasty habit of listening to me on podcasts. And uh, they they admitted as much to me recently, and I said that it's a horrifying thought. Oh, I'm, oh. I'm backtracking over everything I've ever said on here. I'm oh gonna, my god! Beyond cancel culture is parents culture. <laughs> it's even more toxic. And do you talk going about? To bring me down. Do I mean? Are there like a lot of podcasts that you get invited on where you will like talk about your sex life and stuff? Occasionally. Okay. Not this, a lot. This is going to be behind the paywall, so... Thank um, God. Your mom is never going to find out about it. You never know. Um, they're crafty. JP doesn't fuck anyways, so that's... We don't have <laughs> to worry about that. It's a sin. <laughs> um, yeah, but JP, you are originally from, uh, from Newtown, Connecticut, which... Yes, I am. Uh, Famous for its... Uh, Labor Day parade. Absolutely. That's what everyone knows it from. (laughs) Um, And I think you and I have talked about this before, but like, did kind of, did your hometown going through that, like, radicalize you about guns or did, were you already kind of pretty steadfastly pro-gun control? That's an interesting question. A quick semantic point of correction. I was born in Long Island. I lived in Long Island until I was oh eight. Oh my God, so you are the only so place, annoying. I just want to—I just want the listeners to know that if I—if they detect any satanic tendencies from <laughs> my from me, then it's it's partly because of Long Island. I mean, I, I grew up in some cursed places. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Long Island and Newtown, Connecticut, but no, Newtown—it's a great big small town. Um, it was a pretty sweet place to grow up, I gotta say. But as far as um, like the tragedy's effect on my political outlook it is kind of an interesting case study in like how people get involved in politics Mm -hmm. because I was, I was passively political. I had like voted for Obama. I've was pretty much fine with whatever he was doing and not paying a lot of attention uh, in come December, 2012. And like when he he spoke at my high school that weekend, that was like a, that was a big deal to me at the time. Um, But it, that the issue of gun control, um, I, I was already pretty much on the side of gun control. I had I had actually drifted all the way over from being, I, I think like in my early 20s and teens, I was like, yeah, Second Amendment, that's what a cool guy would like. Uh, yeah. But 
I mean, um, yeah, just to let you know, you know this about me, but I was like literally a teenage Republican. So we're all course. friends here. Yeah. Um, but but, that, but the issue, but after the tragedy, like that issue became a thousand times more magnified in my life. And that was kind of how I got a little bit more into Democrat politics at the time. That's obviously it, gun control is like the dem issue because it they is. don't have anything else like right. they're not they're not going to offer anything else helpful so they use that as a as a cudgel to like keep themselves relevant air horn noise <laughs> but uh yeah and it's interesting that though we were talking about joe manchin today because i remember like rooting for the mansion to me amendment to get passed oh my and god it, yeah it died on the uh on the senate floor uh, and a lot of, I think a lot of Democrats voted against it too. It was, that was going to be some gun reform measure. I don't know exactly what it, it was. was. No, it was the, the most basic kind of universal background checks. Yeah. Um, that was Senator Pat Toomey and, and Joe Manchin, a Democrat and Republican. Two Republicans, really. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Again, Air yeah, you're burned. You're burned, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Yeah, why don't you come on here and defend yourself, you ghoul? Um, But, yeah, it was truly the most basic uh, background checks bill, and I think... The bare minimum. The the barest of bare minimums. It was like, it was, I think it was supposed to be like a a federal law that was something that everyone already thought was like a Mm -hmm. federal law. Um. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, I mean, just shows how overreaching. I mean, that's that's really another arm of like corporate America, because that's what the NRA is. And, you know, gun ma- manufacturers are corporations and how much of a hold they have on uh, on our politicians. Yeah. Is the NRA bankrupt now? Uh, there, I there think was, so. I think there uh, was some something on like the daily that they were doing about like uh some some congressperson who like sued them and really fucked their shit up yeah um yeah i think that they are kind of in dire straits right now um, love to see it because what's his face old buddy was running around the world going on fancy trips throwing money around left yeah. and right lil wayne yeah he, <laughs> uh, he hoisted himself by his own petard <laughs> wow good one Good one, JP. Mentioned I think I've kind of fluctuated on the on the issue of of gun control a little bit. Like I I was well, it's not it's not something that that all leftists even agree about. I know that I think I think Kate true. Is, is a little bit more uh, sympathetic to gun and, owners. And when when certain groups talk about like needing to arm themselves arm themselves for uh, for protection, I may not one hundred percent agree, but I'm at least sympathetic to like their point of view. And to an extent, I mean. It's kind of wishful thinking to think that anything would be based on common sense in this country. But if people mm-hmm. were reasonable and had common sense, then there there's a, a measure of of self defense that you could take to like defend your home, like have you know shotguns with birdshot or twenty two rifles or something like that that wouldn't be used in a mass shooting or in like street violence or whatever. So I think there's my point is I'm a big centrist. <laughs> The, uh, let the record show I think you. everyone's right I know JP is all things to all people <laughs> uh, and he has no real beliefs no convictions no spine no spine he's so big but he has no spine no, no common sense I'm a big invertebrate <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> um, again, this was, you know, the Manchin Toomey Amendment was so, it was so modest and it's, it, it's the kind of gun control that is supported by like 90% of Americans. Yeah. Uh, it's 90%. like everyone except for like the Dale Gribble lunatics mm-hmm. of the country, but um, pretty common sense. Yeah. So, Why did you want to talk about Joe Manchin today? I do. I mean, I do. I always want to talk about Joe Manchin because I <laughs> have his face on a dartboard and I just wake up every morning and throw Damn. darts at it. Damn. Sounds like he lives rent free in your head. <laughs> sounds like you're a hater. I am a hater and he does live rent free in my head. Just let the man get his Oxycontin money and <laughs> let him live. Like why are you why are you focused on someone else's life like look inwardly um i think you need to drink green juice oh my god you know what you're right you're right i can't you know what you eat like such garbage that i like even the thought of you telling me how to eat healthy at all i absolutely eat less garbagely than you assume but this is an ongoing thing in our friendship where you are constantly accusing me of eating unhealthy foods and yeah i'll sneak a little burger king once in a while what of it (laughs) it has nutrients somewhere no it doesn't (laughs) it does what i've been eating my whole life and i'm eight feet tall so you are very tall you cannot just say that you are tall and therefore it's fine to eat garbage. I've never broken a bone either. I've got lots of bovine hormones keeping me strong. Well, you are going to die early and I know that about you. That's fine. I'm going to die strong as hell. <laughs> it's not about when. It's about how much you can bench when you do. Um. So for whatever reason, this vote needed to pass the 60 uh, senator threshold and it did not. It was... Mm. Um, fifty four forty six. Um, no, I think besides Pat Toomey, no Republicans voted for it. Um, yeah, it's pretty much emblematic of like all of the problems with the Senate, and I'm sure you've talked about them on this yeah. on this podcast. Where it's not democratic, it's basically a conservative check on you know on any any ch- on any chance of the Democrats having like the supermajority that they would deserve if our elections were fair. Mm-hmm. And it's it's uh, the highest paid politicians in our government uh, just basically being on the take from powerful lobbies. God, get their asses. <laughs> their asses have been gotten. Boom, boom, boom. Um, yeah, I completely agree. It's it's kind of staggering how overrepresented Republican ideology is in our entire government. absurdly so not just the senate it's you know the senate is really egregious because it just you know the least populous states still get two senators um never thought i'd have such strong opinions about wyoming i know fuck wyoming fuck wyoming you and your six hundred thousand people can go and your go home two million bison (laughs) let them vote at least we have that kind of sway I think I think I did a show once where like some homework show where I had to do facts about Wyoming and I, I think ah. there are more like horses than there are people in Wyoming yeah. or something do you, how do you think horses and bison are as a voting block 
Like, um, I think they're pretty conservative. I think they're like a I think little bison bit... are leftists. <laughs> horses might be conservative. You know what, bison? Yeah, you know what? Because horses are cops. Horses are like pull yourselves up by your own horseshoes and yeah. prosper like I did. But yeah, and they've been fed hay their entire lives. Sorry, Whereas but the bison are laborers. German shepherds are also cops, and they seem to love being cops. That's true. And Belgian Malinois are troops. <laughs> German shepherds are cops. Dogs are cops. Yellow labs are special forces, if you ask me. Cats are leftists. Cats might be libertarians. No. Because they go, they're like, oh, I hunt my own mice. I don't depend on your your food. And they, you know, they don't have emotions. And they don't care about what happens to any other oh living Oh, my God. Living you creature. shut your mouth. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're living with a libertarian. I'm. She's I've, not a libertarian. She is a leftist. And she has read Das Kapital. I've, I've taken care of June for a week. And she's lovely. But don't get her started on on private property <laughs> june's hard, like, hard opinion is that the police are meant to protect private property <laughs> she kept calling me a wage cuck and said that i love roads <laughs> i love public roads so much i should marry them i got owned by june the libertarian cat many times when i was eating her <laughs> she's like oh is it infrastructure week again you cuck <laughs> Yeah. The podcast she listens to. I don't want to start beef here, but it's, it's <laughs> um yeah. So not only is the Senate hyper undemocratic and it gives uh Republicans way more representation than they should have. Obviously also in the executive branch, because that's decided by the Electoral College, same thing. And then you have the fact that now at least two thirds of the Supreme Court is has been chosen by Republican presidents who lost the popular vote. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Supreme Court justices who will never die. Who will never Maybe die. One hundred and forty. You know what? Brett Kavanaugh is absolutely going to live forever in the same way that Henry Kissinger will, because yes. hate and spite keep you alive. Yes. There's Every some time... Cuban expression that translates to, like, weeds never die. And that's what they used to say <laughs> about, like, Fidel Castro, because he lived to 150. <laughs> Sorry, leftist king Fidel Castro. Leftist Sorry. king Fidel Castro, long may he reign. Um, <laughs> no, he's dead. Uh, he was not 150, though. He was extremely old. He was at least, we never saw his birth certificate. He came from the Caribbean. Know. They have a different system over there. Um obviously republicans are ghouls we know that we mm, there is no case for bipartisanship in this day and age and maybe there never has been wow Um, i guess no someone's never heard of a little thing called civility (laughs) you know someone's never watched the west wing (laughs) actually hearts and minds changed I have okay. I think I've I've also talked to you about this before that I have seen the West Wing, but I saw it after I saw all of Veep. Uh no way. You can never go back. It's like it is going no, so far backwards. It's so saccharine. I had to stop. I watched I, I watched a few episodes of it, and I was like, I this is so well, you, pie in the sky, disgusting. 
I watched uh, the West Wing when I was a kid with my parents. So I think the key is not even watching it before you watch Veep. You have to watch it when you're 11 or, <laughs> or when you're 50 and over. And when you your are brain a, has been softened and you can think it's good. When you are a giant, six-foot-tall, 11-year-old boy. <laughs> I was just a small lad when I was 11. But I heard I, – I worked with someone on a TV show one time who I, I thought was really cool. I still think they're really cool. But what they said was like, we were talking about Veep and how funny it is. And she was like, oh, I don't know if I can even watch that. Like, I just take that stuff too seriously. I'm more of a West Wing person. Oh, <laughs> no. Please do not respect politicians. Also, everybody, I mean, there are so many people in the political world who have said that Veep is like the closest, best yeah. representation of what it's really like. So if because you have to... <laughs> If you if you make the most cynical assessment of what uh, po American politics and 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 uh, DC politics is like, it's usually correct. Yeah. So that and person should just have less respect. For case in point, there's all this stuff in Veep that like predicted exactly what was going yeah. to happen over the next like three or four year period. That's true. <sighs> Man. Jonah Ryan became the president. You <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> won. Wow, that's crazy. That's true. Man, I loved every Jonah storyline. So funny. Always good. So good. Um so let's let's move on to uh some of the upsetting shit that's in the news this week. So nice. <laughs> um Ilhan Omar, Representative Ilhan Omar was um, doing a an interview with uh, a representative from the Secretary of State's office about uh, the ICC and where the U.S. stands on the ICC because often the International Criminal International Court, Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. International Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, by the way, if um, we've referenced JP's height a few times uh, for the listeners, he is six foot seven. He is uh, an affront to God, and. Um, I worked really hard on it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, you just didn't want it enough, but that's fine. That's true. I didn't. I only got to five eleven, and I. They said she's not. Stop short of freak status. <laughs> I kept going. Um, so Ilhan Omar, um, was speaking to a representative from the Secretary of State's office, saying, basically asking about kind of the how at times the international court and the position of the United States are sometimes at odds. Um, Israel and Palestine being, being one of them. Uh, and she, I, I I'm going to insert the clip here. Uh, I know you oppose the court's investigation in both um, Palestine and in Afghanistan. I haven't seen any evidence in either cases that domestic courts can uh, both can and will prosecute alleged war crimes and crimes against humanity. And I would emphasize that in Israel and Palestine, uh, this includes crimes committed by both the Israeli security forces and Hamas. In Afghanistan, it includes crimes committed by the Af Afghan national government and the Taliban. So in both of these cases, if domestic courts can't or won't pursue justice, 
and we oppose the ICC, where do we think the victims of these supposed uh, crimes can go for justice? So it's a pretty reasonable question. Um, she's asking if domestic courts are failing to achieve justice and the U.S. is as it kind of is right now in an adversarial position with the ICC, like where do people go for justice? And that sent just the mention of Israel, Hamas, and the Taliban. And, and the, the fact same- that it's Ilhan Omar saying it, I'm sure conservative media has been very, very fair yes. and even temperate in their analysis Absolutely. of her comments. Is that true? Yes, it is. Um, Let's, let's run this one by Hannity first, and then we'll figure out. <laughs> uh, Tucker Carlson, opinion. you're on the air. Tell us what you think about this. So, Tucker Carlson was probably really doing the face when he heard those. You know the Tucker Carlson <laughs> face? He was probably cranking that thing up for those comments. Yes. And they're completely reasonable comments from, from Representative Omar. And, and like the ICC's opinion on the matter seems to represent the consensus of the international community, right? Like once again, yes. the U.S. is the odd man out. It is. And there was there was actually, there was a map. Um, I saw an infographic of the nation. One of those maps, yeah. Like it's, it's the metric system, like every other country in the world. Every other country in the world does not blindly support Israel. That was basically yeah. what the map, what the map was trying to say. But, um, you know, Ilhan Omar is... Even from her from her own caucus, the Democrats have been a lot of the establishment Dems have been extraordinarily unfair to her, and this is I'm sure no exception. In 2019, members of her own caucus called for uh, her comments to be uh, debated in a joint session of uh, in on the House floor. They didn't do that this time, but the Dem leadership did release a joint statement condemning uh, her comments saying legitimate criticisms of the policies of both the United States and Israel is protected by the values of free speech and democratic debate. And indeed such criticism is essential to the strength and health of our democracies, but drawing false equivalencies between democracies like the U S and Israel and groups that engage in terrorism like Hamas and the Taliban uh, foments prejudice and under, undermines progress toward a future of peace and security for all. We welcome the clarification by Congresswoman Omar that no moral equivalency between the U.S. and Israel and Hamas and the Taliban, that there is no moral equivalency. Um, <laughs> it is interesting to hear like all the a lot of the mainstream reporting about what's going on in Palestine and in Gaza uh, is like, Oh, there's there are clashes between Israel and Hamas. Like that's An ongoing how it's conflict. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's very complicated, and those are the two sides. It definitely wasn't people getting their houses stolen, and then bombs started dropping. But um, yeah, I mean, even I think I said this a few weeks ago. I was listening to NP, just like Morning Edition or NPR News or something like that, and. The first Lib. words about in your, this. In your five-story Park Slope brownstone <laughs> with your French press and your eight children. <laughs> listening to your NPR. The opening phrase that they used to talk about this were, was, 
um, Palestinian militants. Of course. And not like that's how that's how they open the segment. Like again, uh, Palestinians as the aggressors. This statement by the Democratic leadership that they released is horrifying for a few reasons. One, they almost never do this. This is an extremely rare occurrence. A public statement out like speaking out against one of their own one of their representatives. Own. Um, and the fact that they're choosing when when everything in their legislative agenda is going to be killed by Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema, that they choose at this time to focus on Ilhan Omar and a very reasonable question that is yeah. being it's being interpreted in bad faith on purpose as everything that comes out of her mouth is because she is a Muslim woman. Um, it's just disgraceful that they, again, she's a woman of color. She is a Muslim and this is who the democratic leadership and decided. a young person too. And a, and a young person. We deserve rights. We're young. Immigrant. Um, yeah. It also goes back to like the Democrat, this establishment Democrats, like animal instinct for losing and how they love losing. They, they view, um, the, the public's support for Israel as like an immovable object in yeah. their political platform. Like people, I don't think the average American understands why they support Israel. I don't think they even know. No, and I mean, polls, polls have showed recently that public support for Israel is changing. It is yes, not and, what it used to be. And people are starting to think more critically and learn more about the, uh, the conflict and it's very difficult when you just sweep away some of the dirt to still find Israel to be the victim here. Right. And I think, because I think people have people's idea of, uh, of Israel is like, okay, this was a, a Jewish state built for built in response as an act, like a measure of defense for the Jewish people after the Holocaust. And that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And they feel like, you know, nothing has changed or there are no nuances in that conflict that have developed since then. So it's like, okay, I guess we're, I love America and America loves Israel. So I'm not really going to think about it too deeply, but the average American could probably be, uh, be swayed to like be amenable to the cause of the Palestinians and like, or at least be sympathetic to them. And yeah. like, like you said, the, the data are starting to show that. Yeah. The, I mean, we will never, certainly Republicans will never move on this and we don't need them to because they're wrong. Because they need to court the evangelicals and some like the evangelicals think like some mystical spirit lives in Israel. It's um, going to no, give them The evangelicals $10, think that the, basically evangelicals w think that when, if and when all of the Jewish people in the world go back to Israel, Jesus will come again. Uh, that's right. They want right. the they want a Jewish ethno state. Got to um, hand it to the evangelicals. They put on a hell of a show. They put they're on a really, show. They're like they're like road comics, basically. <laughs> they go to all the flyover states and they muscle out all the small churches. And they're like, we're going to make church a motherfucking party. And you're going to pay <laughs> me $50 million a year to do it. Well, yeah, because, well, they realized that white church is boring a lot of the time. Yes. And they tried to inject some some magic into it. 
um, and some some hatred. That's I think people need to get back to appreciating an old. <laughs> the Catholic Church used to be the hottest ticket in town, like oh back in the God. medieval days. You, and baby boy, you don't have to tell me. I, you know. I'm no. preaching to the non-choir. <laughs> there are no choirs in Catholic Church. Yeah, there are. Maybe at your fancy liberal ones. I went to the ones that Jesus designed himself where there were no <laughs> choirs. Your your church didn't even have a choir? We had an organ. And then like the 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 parish whatever you call it the people the crowd would uh sing the songs very no, we quietly. have that too but well like what about at christmas uh yeah i think they might have popped off for christmas yeah they, they might pop have had off the, for christmas i don't think we had singing. actually no i think one of, one of the services definitely had had a choir um we also had we had a woman who sang at church who was really we had a few of them who were really bad singers oh no and that is just one of my sharpest memories is suffering that'll make you feel like you're cursed for the rest of the week you feel like god is tuning out like okay the holy spirit has left this place because it's like obviously you're like in church trying to be a charitable uh, charitable of spirit and um and then you hear this terrible voice and it makes you want to be an so, unbeliever i guess my, my town had a my high school had a pretty good theater department we had like in our in our parish we had a couple of theater kids who would really like to flex on everybody during church services yeah. and dealt it out so they did oh, a good job that's cool we had we had a few kids who like played cool instruments at the church um yes. in the a little church band anyways we I gotta get about... the loot back involved in the catholic <laughs> Um, God, once again, JP and I have devolved into a tangent about Catholicism. Yes, as we we're, were going back. We're, we're, we're bringing back pre-Vatican II vibes and the <laughs> divine right of kings. <laughs> we're bringing back the all Latin service. Um, yes. So anyways, uh, yeah, this statement, you know, I think of the two of us on Reply Guys, I am the more occasionally sympathetic to the democratic party i don't i don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that they love losing uh, which i know is like a popular leftist take but um but this statement that they released on uh, about congresswoman omar is completely indefensible and makes me really reconsider everything about like the this is where they are putting their time and attention and their official statement to be taken for the record this might make you change out of your i'm still with her t-shirt shut this up <laughs> i'm not wearing that if anybody is not watching the i'm i'm wearing a regular tank top for leftists um <laughs> but i I really tank top is conservative garb for the record, but okay. go on. Whatever. Go nuts. You look Whatever. like you you could be in a country music video. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not why because I'm cool. I'm hot. <laughs> it's like wearing jeans, walking along a dirt road that's like on a plantation. And also, I'm like pretty, but in a way that is accessible. And also, maybe um, as soon like, as you go country, you're gonna start killing it. You're gonna oh go on American God. Idol, and you're gonna be a country sensation. <laughs> 
Did you ever see um, one of my favorite 30 Rock things that ever existed was when Jenna made a tennis country anthem for (laughs) NBC? Yes. Tennis Night in America is one of my favorite fake songs. Um, Okay, with Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. Werewolf Bar Mitzvah is so good. Muffin Top. If you buy the rights to it, you can drop it right in here. (laughs) Um. But I, I really I really did like what Rashida Tlaib had to say about all of this. Um, obviously, she is not one to, to mince words herself. She said freedom of she speech. She said the F word one time. I don't know if you heard that. And I, that, I think that disqualifies her from holding public office. <laughs> I was I was saying this on the main the main feed episode this week that I love when politicians swear. Be, and it's the smallest thing that just shows me that they're human, if it's not done in, like, a calculated way, it really, like, you know, say what you will about Kirsten Gillibrand, but she she loves to let it rip, and the I think that's... are just like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. To heck with gun control. <laughs> <sighs> he said the H word. Oh, <laughs> uh, pray for his soul. <laughs> Um. Okay. Oh, I did. So, a sh- I did a show not long ago. Wait, wait. Were you about to make a point? No. Do, go okay. with your anecdote. I did. I I did a show in. Uh, as I told the audience, the part of Connecticut that is Alabama, and <laughs> it was eight hundred people. We were super surrounded. Oh my god! And, I saw this. You were in a, a tent that was too small for you. Yes, yeah, so I was in a tent that was touching my head. So that got that gave me some free comedy gold. But it was like. There's like 800 people, and it's it. We were in front of a big American flag, at, as performers, and it was almost a Trump rally, like the oh kind of God. thing where the audience like misinterprets jokes that are making fun of, uh, making fun of Trump. Is like, ah, he's one of us, and uh, it's pretty terrifying. So yeah, like Connecticut, honestly, in my lifetime, I don't think it will always be a safe blue state. I, think. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so either. I. I mean, that is the state that gave us Joe Lieberman. That's right. And they, it's also the state with basically every kind of Republican. Yeah. Not the most Republicans, but all the different types are there. All the colors of the rainbow of Republicans. Finance guys, pool company owners, <laughs> uh, and guys who, you know, just kind of never left their high school town and they wear Under Armour golf shirts now and they <laughs> hang out at the same bar. And, uh, they and that just, is JP. Yeah. In, in an ideal world. Yeah. I never would have messed around with comedy in the big city. I would have been a simple boy. JP does. I mean, you golf enough that I think you do qualify as an That's honorary right. Republican. <laughs> I'm, I, that makes me Republican adjacent. I will it clear that. does. It's uh, sure. really upsetting and I hate. But hey, I'm the one doing the work in the trenches. I'm the one trying to live up these you know, boomer conservatives who are trying to talk down to me. You're at the country club looking unassuming, looking like a tall, <laughs> a tall white guy and nobody suspects. And you come in and say, hey, have you guys heard about this Medicare for all? Uh, and they I had all- a full on conversation with a guy one time playing golf. It was like an, a dumbass about Long Island Trump supporter. And uh, they asked me what I thought of the upcoming election. I was like, Trump's got to get the fuck out of there. He's a dumb scumbag. They were like, oh, OK. <laughs> And then the one guy said, Trump's the one who's going to do the most for America. (laughs) He's running for re-election, and that's also not a point. 
that you're making. And then he's running his re- for re-election. Why didn't he do anything? <laughs> three years already. And his, his follow-up was like, why can't there just be a centrist Democrat? Oh, and that was after God. Joe Biden already had the nomination. So I was like, buddy, you're just on a different planet. I don't know. What buddy. To do. Watch this drive. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> oh, my God. You are... So, yeah, that was a time I owned somebody. You are doing good work. I love to go on podcasts <laughs> and Twitter and talk about times that I was cool, that no one can verify. <laughs> and then my nine-year-old son walked up to the man and he said, Mr., there's going to be a lady in the White House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You are unhinged. I love, I love every minute of it. All right, I am going to read this fucking quote. Sorry. From Rashida Tlaib. Uh, in response to all this, you know, there were, of course, all of the members of, of the squad rallied around Ilhan Omar, including including Ayanna Presley. And it bothers me that Ayanna Presley is kind of seen as like, she's often left out of the conversation uh and but she like some of the the legislation that she has put forth is pretty radical in in her I don't know I think she's very I think just because she she I think because she endorsed Elizabeth Warren um she was mm. she became like persona non grata uh with leftists but I still think she's she's pretty great um anyways Rashida Tlaib said, freedom of speech doesn't exist for Muslim women in Congress. The benefit of the doubt doesn't exist for Muslim women in Congress. Uh, House Democratic leadership should be ashamed of its relentless, exclusive tone policing uh, of Congresswomen of, of color. Um, and I agree. All fair points, because it's like, I mean, how, like you said, how often does a statement like that get made? And Like, never. And the fact that how like the democratic leadership in the house and the senate and joe biden mind you could all be putting their foot on joe manchin's neck and they choose not to and that actually supports your love they love that they love to lose that's right or i think joe biden has been like inviting joe manchin over to his man cave for like wings of deer a bunch of times intending to talk to him about that but he just never gets around to it yeah they just can't <laughs> stop winking at each other and ah, man the, the, the 58 chevy bel air was a hell of a oh. car man <laughs> hell of a car and then they just get sidetracked and they never get around to joe manchin being bad at his job and boy is he and I do feel that he is big time loser, big time loser. Big I feel, dork. Yeah, he I feel like he's never going to die either. He's just a a sentient lump of West Virginia. No, coal. And this is extremely cynical, but it's true. Like the the most surefire way to get elected as a Democrat and have a long, prosperous career in D.C. politics is to say, hey, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I'm not like one of those Democrats. You know, I'm like a cool guy. You know, basically is, just winking so when say you're a Republican. It's so crazy because the opposite is true with Republicans, and I think that yeah. if this is one instance in which, if Democrats adopted some of the uh, 
like Republicans are pretty fiercely loyal to their own. Um, to a psychotic degree. Yeah. To a psychotic degree, and they fall in line. I mean, they barely condemned Marjorie Taylor Greene. And the oh, person, if at all. Uh, the yeah. person who received the most con like anyone who receives the, the most condemnation from official leadership in the Republican Party it, are the people who work with Democrats. Exactly. And that it's is, cardinal sin again, that's the opposite of how the Democrats operate, which is, I mean, there is no, again, there's no case for bipartisanship because the Republican Party is a death cult and even working with them or trying to reach across the aisle is a a lost cause and it's ludicrous because democrats won back the chambers and the presidency to enact an agenda that the that republicans obviously don't support and when people are talking about compromise and bipartisanship they're they're not even talking about because like the republican party has shifted so far that they've almost gone all the way to the right hit a wall and now they've scattered off into f just full on crazy town. There's mm -hmm. like wacky conspiracy theories being like QAnon adjacent and and just popping off with the most ridiculous Matt Gates bullshit that you could possibly imagine. I, and Marjorie, it's not even Marjorie Taylor right Greene is a full Marjorie Taylor Greene is like a full QAnon truther. Yeah, she's an absolute wing nut. And uh, I feel like we're not breaking new ground by saying that. I also heard on a podcast recently that Matt Gates grew up wealthy in Florida, and you would think you grew up you grew up wealthy in Florida. You at least go to like Vanderbilt or something. Like someone pulls him straight. He went to fucking Florida State. That's how fucking dumb Matt Gates is. Not like, even his, University of Florida. Not even the Gators. Like his rich dad wasn't couldn't even, even a get him. Oh couldn't even God. get him into like upper safety schools he went to florida state wow that is inspiring um yeah i thought i'd inject a little academic elitism in there <laughs> yeah jp thinks he's hot shit because he went to wake forest uh which is a That's good right. school graduated with a 2-7 baby four years what's up did you really yeah no you didn't my first semester of freshman year i had a 155 what so it's pretty impressive considering that I started with being that dumb and bad. Oh my and God. I'm impressed. I missed a lot of classes. Yeah. It's called overcoming adversity. Weren't you just so, like a low key and alcoholic? Wasn't that it? I mean, yeah, pretty much. I was probably drinking more than the average college kid. <laughs> just saying something. <laughs> Anyways, what a great place to stop. <laughs> Wait, that could kind of tie in substance abuse, painkillers, uh, Oxycontin, Joe Manchin, West Virginia, mismanaging his West Virginia Oxycontin crisis, taking money from whatever whatever pharma company was Purdue Pharma, I guess, and then and he's a big dumbass. Joe Manchin is a big dumbass. You heard it here first. We're the only ones who have ever said it. Um, I love to make a point. JP, thank you so much for coming on. I have this has been so fun we'll have to have you back uh, can i reference one or two of the roast jokes that, uh, that i gave to you for your birthday oh that was what do. i pulled up on my okay phone. um some context again jp is one of my best friends and for my 30th birthday this past year i asked him to 
roast me. I asked him to write roast jokes for me, and he, they are incredible, and I think about them on a weekly basis still. Uh, Julia Claire seems like she's only doing stand up to meet a public speaking requirement at Vassar. You may recognize Julia as the Airbnb host who brings you tea three hours after you thought she left. And I would never say Julia is funny for a woman. I'd say she's funny for a tour guide of New England's covered bridges. <laughs> That's my favorite one, and I want that so I just as a tattoo. To get those out there before we wrap. I want that one as a tattoo. A tour guide of New England's covered bridges is so beautiful in its specificity, and I love it so much. Uh, I love you, and uh, JP, tell the the damn listeners where you can find where they can find you <laughs> listen up libs listen up uh, libtards <laughs> but if you follow me on twitter at jp underscore mcdade or on instagram mcdade baby uh but yeah thank you so much for having me always a pleasure thank you so much jp thank you thank you so much for listening to reply guys if you like the show please rate and review us on apple podcasts and subscribe to our patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers journalists and comedians with an additional episode uploaded each week the show is hosted by kate willett and me julia claire our producer is genevieve garrity our theme song was performed by emily fremgen who wrote the song with kate willett our artwork is by adrian lobel if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They are always with us. Bernie, take us out. Walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. Your this land, land is mine.